I'm going to begin reading in verse 1, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1. These first two verses give the apostolic greeting, the introduction to this second letter. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, unto the church of God which is at Corinth, with all the saints which are in all Achaia, the region, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Then beginning in verse 3 and going down through verse 14, Paul talks about his recent troubles specifically, and then he talks about the troubles generally of the ministry and of God's people. But he begins, isn't it this interesting, his problems had not robbed him of his praise. And he begins in this eulogy of God. Blessed be God, he said. Even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort who comforteth us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God for as the sufferings of Christ abound in us so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ and whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as ye are partakers of the sufferings, so shall you be also of the consolation. In verse 8, he becomes rather specific. He says, For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble, which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves but in God which raiseth the dead. I'd like to leave off reading there. May we pray our Father for this special time together tonight accept our gratitude and our offerings of thanks praise. We thank Thee for this great country. We thank Thee for these who have stood before us tonight as representatives of those who have stood in harm's way. And then for all of those tonight who are in that unnamed, unseen host. On the battlefront, we ask thy help and grace and 
support, and strength. And for those thy people who are trying to minister in the midst of it all, yes, that thou wouldst give them added grace. Now, Lord, as we approach these verses, we pray that somehow we might not be left to ourselves. We cry with the songwriter, While on others thou art calling, please do not pass us by here tonight. We'll be grateful for all that thou wouldst do. In Jesus' blood-stained name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. For lack of a better title, I want to use Paul's words in verse 4 and again in verse 8 for our theme in these services as God allows me to preach. In verse 4, he refers to our tribulation. And in verse 8, he refers to our trouble. Actually, it's the same word. And in verse 6, he gives a kindred term. He uses the word afflicted. And I want to use that as my theme in these days. Our troubles. Now, it's not my desire to leave us just simply with our troubles. We know enough about those. But Paul talks about the God of all comfort and the Father of mercies who helps us in our distresses. And so I trust that we might look beyond our present scene to what God is doing in the midst. One dear lady was asked, what does God expect of us in our tribulation?" Her response was, he expects us to tribulate. <laughs> well, I think there's more to it than tribulating. As we read in verse 9, there's a higher goal. One being that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raiseth the dead. I think I've told it here before. The fellow in our area who was bad to glorify his troubles and sorrows. You dared not ask him how he was doing. He would tell you. And then enlarge it a little as he told it. So a couple of the preacher boys in his church knew that he'd been having some real battles. And so they talked among themselves, let's, let's ask him how he's doing. Let's see if he says this or if he says this. And he gave them a little new phrase they had not heard him use before. But they were waiting. And he came through and one of them said, Brother, I hear you've really been having some battles. He dropped his head a little bit and he said, Boys, he said, I've been going through tire men sideways. I'm not so sure how you spell torment. 
Maybe T-A-R-M-E-N-T. But it wasn't bad enough to go through retirement. You had to go through it sideways. But I think all of us at times have felt like we were going through retirement sideways. But I'd like to use verses 3 through 7 tonight and say some things about the holy design of our troubles. Now, God willing, if the Lord is pleased to let me speak again, I want to say something about the human despairs in our troubles. Paul said in verse 8, we were pressed out of measure, even we despaired even of life. He thought he was going to die. This is not something I wrote. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. And the Holy Spirit has given us this desperate word. And then I'd like to underline from those other verses the heavenly deliverance from our troubles. But for a few minutes tonight, I'm interested in the purpose of our troubles. The holy design. What, what does God have in mind? I know we could say a lot of things generally. But in these verses, we have at least three clear purposes for our troubles. Now, I might say tonight, if you're not going through troubles, just wait around a while and maybe this message will be applicable. You might want to get the CD. Listen to it later. But whether you recognize it tonight or not, and I'm often very blinded to what God is doing in my troubles. But whether we realize it or not, God has some things in mind. I want to begin with that wonderful third verse where Paul says, Blessed be the God, or blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. It's as though Paul has a clearer perception of God as a result of his troubles. And so I would emphasize firstly tonight the holy design of our troubles according to this perspective is that we may see the nature of God. Now I don't I can't speak for you but I I think we're made out of the same material. Some people think we preachers you know are are on another level. Well, we have a higher calling, but we're made out of the same dust that everyone else is made out of. And I find that often in my troubles, I, I get introspective and I see my nature. I see my rottenness. And that can become so disturbing and so depressing to look at yourself. And then others maybe are geared to look at other people's nature. 
Well, this wouldn't have happened if it hadn't been for her. Well, this would have never happened if it hadn't been for him or them. When you see someone else's car parked where your car had been parked on Sunday night as you fellowship with some saints, you get the feeling like it's all their fault. I would be there if it hadn't been for them. But the ultimate goal of our troubles is not that we might see ourselves. That's part of it. Certainly we need to cry with Isaiah, woe is me. And it's not just that we might see the blemishes of others, which are many. And you give me time, give me a little space, and I can enumerate them. But the purpose is that we might see God. That we might catch a glimpse of His nature. Now Paul gives us two special titles here for God. He begins with that title, The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, The Father of Mercies. The idea is He is the begetter of mercies. There are no mercies apart from God, the origin of all mercies. The Father of mercies, and you'll notice they are, the word is plural. <laughs> oh, God has more than one mercy. God has more than two mercies. His mercies are multiple. His mercies are plenteous. The Father of mercies. The word mercies here is the word that is rendered in other texts, compassion. And so I believe the first great design of God in helping us look His way in our trouble is that we might see the compassionate nature of God. The first area that Satan often attacks is God does not care for you. God does not love you. For God to allow that to happen to you and not to someone else, it shows that you're not in his favor. And yet here we're told... That Paul saw the God of mercies, the God of compassion, because of his troubles. Somebody said, well, I tell you right now, I feel like it's all judgment, and God is judging me. You know, I had a terrible car wreck some years ago, I guess about 18 now, 19 years ago. A young preacher and I were together, he's now pastor and being used of God greatly, but uh, we had a little problem with an 18-wheeler we got attached to it and couldn't get loose. And uh, it was quite a ride. And when I got out of that experience, of course, they canceled the meeting I was in and my wife called and canceled it, I think. But 
At any rate, when I got back home a couple of days later, uh, it seemed like the thought that just overwhelmed me is God has been so loving and compassionate to protect me during all of this. I didn't even have a scratch. And the young man just had a little cut on top of his head. But uh, I got this card in the mail from some unloving human being. <laughs> of course, you know, when you have a tragedy happen, that's all some people can think of. God's getting him now. God's getting her. And so I got this car. I opened it up. And those of you who have gone through some of the airports and you've heard that underground tram voice, the mechanical voice, that's what I heard when I opened the car. It was anonymous, by the way. They never signed their name. And here was always inside the car. Is God speaking? I, I heard no love in it at all, is it? Is God speaking? I want to tell you, if you go through trouble and God is working in your life, during that trouble, you'll come out saying, Blessed be the Father of mercies. Our God is a God of compassion. His compassions fail not. Then I must go further and underline that second great title. Much could be said about both of them. But notice he not only mentions the Father of mercies, but the God of all comfort. Again, I remind you that one of the purposes of God in our troubles is that we may see the nature of God, the compassionate nature of God. Father of mercies. But secondly, not only the compassionate nature of God, but the comforting nature of God. You know, I'm grateful for every pat on the back, every handshake, every special word. But in the final analysis, the only one who can comfort a troubled heart is the God of all comfort. Here the Apostle Paul speaks not about God who is distant and God who cannot be known in detail. But he calls him the God of all comfort. And as we'll see in verse 4 in a moment. This comfort that comes from God, this comfort that issues out of the being of God is of such nature that it works in you and in the long run is able to work in others as it works through you. The comforting nature of God. You know, when that mother eagle uh, is sitting on her little eggs or little eaglets, usually two eggs at the most, she, she shows them or shares with them the very nature of herself. She lays the eggs and she's going to be in the nest for a month. That's hard to grasp, isn't it? Mother not getting out of her nest for a month. No malls. 
No grandchildren. At any rate, they say that that the golden eagle in particular will pluck out all the down in her breast area. And when she sits down on those eggs, she is literally putting her naked body against those eggs. It's as though that all the comfort of her heart is reaching out to those little eaglets. I want to tell you there are times when you may feel like God is distant, but in the end, you look back and you see God had shared the very naked nature of His being. You felt His heart beat. You felt the warmth of His being on you. And so Paul said, God gives us trouble that we may see the nature of Himself. I think everyone here tonight would have to say we have never come through a trial. We have never come through a dark place. We have never come through a storm. That the God of the storm was not more real to us. I want you to notice secondly in verses 3 and 4. And I play on the word comfort now. It's rendered in verse 4, comforteth. And comforted, the God of all comfort comforteth us, and we are comforted of God. And Paul said, as a result of that, we're able to share with others the comfort wherewith we are comforted. And since this word is the word that we get our word for comforter, paraclete, the great. Paraclete. I would play on that for a few moments and say another design in our troubles is not only that we may see the nature of God and learn something about God. But I confess to you tonight one of the things that disturbs me as I go from church to church is many people know a whole lot about the system. They understand a whole lot about how things should operate. But they know very little about God. But a second design, a second purpose in God sending us into trouble is not only that we may see the nature of God but that we may sense the nearness of God. You remember the word paraclete, comforter, indicates one called alongside of it. It carries with it the idea not only one called alongside of but one to encourage, to strengthen, comfort, the comforter. And here Paul expresses this truth of God's nearness, using this word comfort from two vantage points. First of all, we have the revelation of the nearness of God in this word. Uh, get, get this thought. God sends us through trouble that He might draw near to us and strengthen us and comfort us. That's the revelation of verse 4. 
Somebody said, I don't know why I'm going through this. God wants to draw nigh. Somebody said, oh, Tom, come on. That's, that's early New Testament doctrine that the Holy Spirit comes alongside of. Later New Testament doctrine is he lives inside of us. It's, it's early New Testament doctrine, too, that he lives inside. In fact, Jesus taught it before the Holy Spirit ever descended in power. Both, both truths are precious to God's people. He not only lives in us as our life, but he walks with me and talks with me and tells me that I am his own. He draws near in the darkness. You feel like you're shut out from God. In the trouble, you feel like God is a thousand miles away. God brings that to pass so that you might sense his nearness in a very special way. Notice not only the revelation of his nearness is set forth, but the repetition of his nearness. Now, I don't know how you are, but I don't learn things often just by reading a manual. I need to hear it or see it over and over and over and over again. That shows you my third grade aptitude, but I need repetition. Maybe that's why I repeat myself so much in a message. I go back and give my points again, give my sub points. Maybe it's for me more than it is for you. But repetition is a great teacher. We all know that. And the Holy Spirit has some slow pupils in the kingdom of God. And he knows that. Notice this repetition. Verse 3. He's the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort. Who? Comforteth us, verse 4, in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. In verse 5, he switched, uh, the word is switched to consolation. Same word. Verse 5, consolation. Consolation. Verse 7, consolation. <laughs> the truth is, the Holy Spirit says, Paul, I want them to get this. I'm alongside them in those dark hours. I'm near them, and I want them to sense my comfort and my strength as I come to assist them. The holy design of our troubles. One, that we may see the nature of God. Two, that we may sense the nearness of God. I know in my early Christian life, sometimes I felt like when God was distant, and other people would talk about how They've had sweet communion and fellowship with Jesus. I felt like he was so far away. I thought, well, maybe he doesn't. Maybe I haven't paid the price. Maybe I haven't done enough. Again, that's one of the 
enemy's tactics. To get us in a system of works. Instead of enjoying the free flow of grace. Maybe I haven't done enough. I wonder if I, I, maybe I should go down again tonight. Well, traveling as I do, I'm convinced there's some folks who need to go down again. <laughs> uh, you don't want to hear me talk about my feelings about our invitation system because it would be so contrary to what most folks believe. But I think it's sort of like fried chicken. We've overdone it. We're going to have it, God or no God. Let's go through the motions. Well, I want to tell you, God sends us trouble that we might sense His nearness. He repeats it to us that we might get it. Mama, don't leave tonight without this in your soul. God isn't wanting to live distant from you or aloof from you. He sends those dark hours so that you can sense His nearness in a new way. Then let's magnify that truth Paul said in verse 4. By God comforting me, I'm able to be a comfort of comfort to you. Ministerially wise, I, I'll minister comfort to you. And he said in verse 5, just as our sufferings abound, so our consolation abounds. And that that same consolation that abounds in me, he said it will abound in you. In fact, he added in verse 7, our hope of you is that this will be true. That you might partake of this consolation. So let me conclude by saying, thirdly, the holy design of our troubles is not only that we may see the nature of God, He's the Father of mercies. He's the God of all comfort. And that we may sense the nearness of God. He's the great paraclete who draws near even in our troubles. And then lastly, that we may share the nurture of God. That others may benefit Again, it's difficult for us to see it. Hindsight seems to be better than foresight in most of us. But I want to tell you, God is not only allowing you to go through your trouble so that you might see who He is afresh and so that you might sense His nearness again, but that you might be a blessing in some way to others that you could have never been a blessing to. Right here tonight, there are examples in this area of truth. The reason this dear brother could talk so clearly about the battlefield and the war zone and the conflict and we could feel the very essence of it is because he's been there. Somebody said, I don't know why I'm having to go through this. God is going to let you share it with someone else. And they're going to be comforted with the same comfort that God has poured into you. Uh, 
first of all, it involves sharing in tenderness. You know, it's pretty hard to be tender if God hasn't broken you. And Paul said, I, I'm going to be able to share with you the same comfort, that same tenderness that God has shared with me. It'll, it'll issue out of my life. It'll exude out of my life and touch you. Sharing in tenderness. I was touched by what the pastor said earlier about the Bible Institute and the desire to help these dear men, young and older, to make sure that they're not full of all of this old cruel attitude in our life. I'll tell you, you can fight the devil without being full of the devil. In fact, you'll only fight him effectively if you're full of the Holy Ghost. Paul said, I want to share in tenderness. And then, of course, he uses this back and forth. It's for me. It's for you. It's for me. It's for you. What I go through is for, for you when you go through so I mentioned lastly, we share, we can share the nurture of God, not only share it in tenderness, but share it in togetherness. God does not allow us to have troubles to drive us away from his people, but to bring us closer to one another. There's some here tonight. You feel closer to God's people than you do your own family. God brought trouble your way. You had nowhere else to go but to the Lord. And to run to Christ the head is to run to the body as well, John to the head. Where he ministers his life. Spurgeon said, trials make more room for consolation. And then another statement that gripped my heart in one of his sermons. Nothing makes a man have a big heart like a great trial. I have a pastor friend. He doesn't even know I know this. He's not here tonight. I'm not pulling any surprises on anyone. But he was called by one of his men to come over to his house. His wife, the man's wife, was going through somewhat of a physical breakdown, a nervous breakdown. And the pastor called his close friend in the church to go with him. His close friend told me this story. He was there. He saw it. He heard it. This dear pastor was called and he called his friend. They went over and when they arrived there, the man's wife was curled up in a little child-like form in the floor. The husband said, Pastor, I've done all I know to do. I've tried to pray with her. I've tried to encourage her. And the pastor, and you'd have to know him, he's a special fellow. He got down in the floor beside her, laid down beside her. He said, sister, 
said, I'm sorry you're going through what you're going through. And in a rage like, she said, you don't know what I'm going through. And no one else knows what I'm going through. God gave the pastor a recall. He said, oh yes, you're wrong. I know someone who's been through what you're going through. And she sings in our choir. You know her. He said, when I first took this church, she went through a physical breakdown, a nervous breakdown, ended up in the mental institution for a while. This woman snapped and said, no, she didn't. He said, yes, she did. He said, I'll call her. He called the dear lady. She and her husband came over. And holding this woman who is distraught, holding her in his arms like a baby, he said to the older member, Sister, tell her what you went through. That one sister who had gone through trouble and thought that it was an end of life itself told the, the lady about what she had faced and how God had helped her when she didn't think nobody loved her and nobody cared for her, including her family. She said, when I was in that institution, I thought they're going to leave me in here. I'll end up in some padded cell going crazy and losing my mind. And she said, look at me, sister. She said, I sing in the choir. She said, the Lord brought me through. And he's going to help you. Are you listening to me? God sends us troubles that we may see his nature, that we may sense his nearness, that in turn we may be able to share his nurture. And if I'd never had a problem, I'd never know that God could solve. I'd never know what trusting God standing with me please